0: This is Sarah Lemon, author of The Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. My latest blog post lamented that a recent trip to the coast couldn't sate us on seafood and that's because everyone within two hours driving distance of Brookings or that's what it seemed all had the same idea which was to throng the harbor and basically overrun the couple of restaurants serving fish and chips and chowder. My family was leaving Loeb State Park Campground, which is a few miles up the Chetco River. We thought that fish and chips would be a nice conclusion to our trip and tied us over on the drive home back to the Rogue Valley. But after we waited about 15 minutes in line at the first restaurant, we got close enough to the counter to hear the customers were getting their food about an hour after they had ordered it and we were definitely not up for a wait that was about half the length of our drive so we jumped ship on that place got back in the car and drove down the boat basin road another quarter mile or so to catalyst seafood which had a line out the door almost as long And admittedly, I've been wanting to try that restaurant, which is known for its sustainable seafood, but not on a Sunday when it's more than 100 degrees in the Rogue Valley and everybody is escaping to the South Coast. We'll try it another time. In the meantime, I have to make my own seafood fix at home. And I posted to my most recent blog a recipe that pretty much accomplishes that spicy fish and slaw sandwiches. This is a recipe that originated with the Daily Meal, but it's a pretty simple concept, pretty straightforward. Granted, the fish fillet isn't deep fried. It's given sort of a spicy rub and broiled, but it's definitely healthier for you. It doesn't have all that fat from the deep frying. And of course, fish itself, white fish, which this calls for, has almost no natural fat of its own. So it's a great choice for your health, particularly if you're pairing it with a homemade slaw, that doesn't have the additives and preservatives of a store-bought, commercially-made one. And there's no reason really not to make your own slaw when it's so easy. I do it all the time sort of season in, season out. I pretty much always have cabbage on hand because it just keeps forever in the refrigerator. I actually prefer it on tacos instead of shredded lettuce. And I can bulk up salad mixes with it when they're running a little low and I need to stretch them. And then when all else fails, I can always make slaw. I've got cabbage in the fridge. I've got carrots in the fridge. You can add scallions, you can add any fresh herbs you happen to have on hand, you can even finely grate a sweet onion and put that in there. And sort of your take on what type of flavors you like for the dressing, whether you like mayonnaise, whether you like yogurt has become more popular with the sort of Greek yogurt fad. Even sour cream, you can kind of mix the two. Or even a lighter dressing, an Asian-inspired dressing with rice wine vinegar and sesame oil with some toasted sesame seeds is another variation I like to do. This slaw with this recipe is pretty straightforward. Again, cabbage, carrot, mayonnaise, and fresh lime juice as well as some scallions. This is the garnish for whitefish. Rockfish would be my choice. I enjoyed some delicious red rockfish at Crazy Norwegians restaurant in Port Orford before we embarked on the camping trip. If I had thought far enough ahead, if I'd had the cooler capacity to keep it cold, I would have bought some and brought it home to cook it. That's definitely not quite as easy to come by in the Rogue Valley. I did see some on sale at my locally owned grocery store. It's probably pretty fresh. Some of the vendors at the farmers markets bring it over from the coast as well. Flash frozen vacuum sealed cod is a great substitution. And of course, halibut, if you want to spring for that, really elevates this recipe to something special for a lot of people. If you're on a budget, tilapia is passable. Look for tilapia that's farms in the United States and of course is a sustainable product. If you like pork fat in your chowder, some people do, I do not, you may want a couple slices of crispy bacon on this sandwich and sliced ripe tomato, particularly if you're starting to have locally grown tomatoes in your own garden or from a local farm stand would be delicious as well. So spicy fish and slaw sandwiches, is available on the latest post to my blog from june 29th under the headline skip the line for this fish sandwich meaning you don't have to stand in line for this one of course most of us aren't catching the fish either it starts by making a rub for the fish It calls for one tablespoon sweet paprika, one teaspoon salt, a half teaspoon garlic powder, a quarter teaspoon each thyme, cayenne, and freshly ground black pepper, and an eighth teaspoon ground allspice. I'll give the rest of the ingredients to make the slaw. That's a third cup mayonnaise, plus more for the buns. One tablespoon fresh lime juice, two and a half to three cups finely shredded cabbage. If you are one to use pre shredded bagged coleslaw mix, that's going to be about half of a 14 ounce bag. One large carrot that's been trimmed, peeled, and finely shaved or shredded. Two scallions that have been trimmed and thinly sliced. And you're going to need about one and a half pounds total of either rockfish, cod halibut or tilapia you need four fillets this recipe makes four sandwiches and those need to be at least one inch thick serve this on four brioche or whole grain burger buns that have been split challah bread was suggested as a substitute by the daily meal that's maybe more authentic on the east coast i think that in oregon where fish and chips restaurants have long served really thick cut white bread, basically Texas toast for their garlic bread. You could certainly substitute that if you don't want to do a burger bun or have a burger bun. Cocktail sauce or spicy barbecue sauce. Again, the Daily Meal suggested a a spicy barbecue sauce. I think that in this region, cocktail sauce is more common with fish and chips platters and sandwiches of this type and of course tartar sauce. It's hard to beat tartar sauce really with any fish preparation. It can be a little redundant with the coleslaw, so it's nice to have something spicy to kind of cut that creaminess. And you'll also need some olive oil for broiling the fish. So start spicy fish and slaw sandwiches by making the seafood rub in a small dish. Mix the one tablespoon sweet paprika, the one teaspoon salt, the half teaspoon garlic powder, the quarter teaspoon each time, cayenne and freshly ground black pepper, and the eighth teaspoon ground allspice. That's dried thyme. If you have fresh thyme in your garden, that could be a nice addition to the slaw, but you want to use the dried herb for the seafood rub so it all incorporates and it's going to burn when you broil these fish fillets. That rub can be made ahead and stored in a covered container for up to several weeks. So you're going to incorporate a little bit of that in the coleslaw. In a medium-sized bowl, add one teaspoon of that prepared seafood rub. With the third cup mayonnaise and the tablespoon freshly squeezed lime juice, stir in the two and a half to three cups finely shredded cabbage, as well as the one large carrot that's been trimmed, peeled, and finely shaved or shredded, and the two scallions that have been trimmed and thinly sliced. Mix that all together and use immediately or refrigerate covered for up to two days That needs to come up to room temperature, preferably for assembling these fish sandwiches. Of course, if you're going to use it for something else, feel free. But you don't want a super, super cold slaw right out of the fridge on your nice hot fish sandwich. When you are ready to cook these, pat the fish dry. That's about one and a half pounds total of rockfish, halibut, cod, tilapia, or other white fish. It's four fillets, each one inch thick and then sprinkle them generously on all sides with the remaining seafood rub. Place the fillets on the perforated top of a broiler pan or an ovenproof rack set over a foil-lined baking sheet. And if desired, let that stand at room temperature for about 30 minutes, or you can refrigerate it loosely covered for several hours if you want to season the fish ahead of time. It does help the seasoning penetrate the flesh a little bit more thoroughly, you can certainly cook these right away so when you're ready to do that remove the coleslaw from the refrigerator toast the four split burger buns and spread the bun bottoms with a thin coating of cocktail or barbecue sauce and if desired spread the bun tops or the other four slices of bread if you're using that with a thin coating of mayonnaise and place those on your serving plates you can do that ahead of time do it kind of simultaneously I would hesitate to try to be managing all of that toasting and preparing the buns while the fish is broiling because this all comes together really quickly as things under the broiler do. The fish is only going to take five minutes. So preheat the broiler to high. Drizzle a little olive oil over each of those seasoned fish fillets and then broil about six inches from the element without turning until the fish is almost flaking easily in the thickest portion for five to seven minutes. You don't want it totally falling apart, flaking, or it's basically overdone. Carefully transfer one piece of the fish to each of the bottom buns and top with a mound of coleslaw. Position the top bun in place. And if you are adding tomato or bacon, of course, put that in there too. And serve these spicy fish sandwiches with slaw immediately. And that makes four servings. Posted to my blog June 29th under the headline, Skip the Line for this Fish Sandwich. And for another sort of bonus recipe using another quintessential Oregon Coast seafood, check out my June 24th post under the headline, Shrimp Signify Oregon Coast Summer where i discuss my undying affection for pacific pink shrimp which are available all summer they start in april the season runs through october it's one of the most sustainable fisheries in the united states and it just yields such a high quality product that i think just shouldn't be passed up granted if you're getting it inland it's been frozen perhaps it's not going to be nearly as satisfying. But if you can get your hands on some fresh Pacific pink shrimp when you're on the Oregon Coast from a fish market, I just think it, it can't be beat this time of year. And If you're using it in a recipe like a shrimp cocktail that maybe was originally written for large shrimp like somewhere in the 51 to 60 count, sort of medium sized, you can skip all of the shelling and deveining and pre cooking that goes along with using that variety of shrimp, because Pacific pink shrimp are already cooked, they're ready to go. And I shared a great twist on the classic shrimp cocktail as a salad that incorporates lime juice, chipotle and adobo, some bell pepper, green olives, red onion, and avocado with mixed salad greens. It's just a lovely, light, refreshing meal for summer, particularly during this hot weather we're having in the Rogue Valley. So try that one. Shrimp cocktail salad on the June 24th post to my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish, and stay cool out there. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.